Welcome to another inspirational My Church podcast. We hope this message will bless and encourage you. To find out more about My Church, visit mychurchcanada.com. I got to get on with this this morning. Um, every year, I, I've handed my church over quite a while ago to young guys, uh, and uh, it's a network of churches. And so I've been traveling. God called me to go. Oh, thanks. I can't drink it with a top on. Thanks. No, I just saw it. I didn't realize. I just. <clears throat> so God stirred me up and said, go blow a trumpet, prophesy across the nations. And so I've been traveling for many, many years now. And every year at the start of the year, I pray and seek God at the end of the year for the next year. God, what's your God word for me to carry and declare over the church wherever I go? And I've had, I haven't been traveling because I've been going through my healing journey. But this is my first trip and uh, five weeks in US and Canada. And so I'm, I'm getting into it again and blowing the trumpet. So I want to share with you this morning the God word that God's put on my heart for this year. Is that okay? I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> so my God word for 2019 that I want to blow a trumpet, lay on you today, is uh, Genesis 49 verse 10. Here's what I'm preaching on today. The gathering has begun. The gathering has begun. And God said, go blow a trumpet that there is a special God gathering in history. And the, the uh, whatever's on the screens may say gathering to first dominion. Does it say that? Whatever. Genesis 49 verse 10 says, Unto him shall the gathering of all things, shall be the gathering of all things in obedience. Unto him. It's talking about the last days of time. And I believe we're in those, and therefore I'm blowing this trumpet saying, in the last days of time, God is going to significantly gather all things together in Christ in obedience to Him, and we've got to be a part of that gathering. We've got to understand it and get with it. Another scripture, Ephesians 1 verse 10. Ephesians 1 verse 10 says this, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, that means after all the times and seasons have come to pass in the last days, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. And you can go right through the Bible. There's many scriptures talking about this end time God gathering and they're pretty important days. I'm glad I'm alive to see these days. They're, they're phenomenal uh, as to what's going to happen in the... Oh, Father, help me, I've lost it. I'm not good with these things. And anyway, so if, God's, if this is a promise, God's going to gather together all things in the last days, there have to be some indicators that we're in those days. And one of them is that a generation will be on planet Earth that are gatherable, gatherable. And I believe this generation that's now emerging, I, I'm what they call 
uh, a baby, baby boomer. You know what that means? It means I'm old. <laughs> you don't have to nod your heads. <clears throat> but I'm a baby boomer. And then we had Gen X, Gen Y, Gen Z, the millennials. Do you, have you heard of those things up here in the frozen wastelands? <laughs> and so we've got all these, the millennials. But now there's a new generation they're talking about and they finish X, Y, Z. And so they've gone back to the alpha generation. This is important. Uh, those of the alpha generation are people born after 2010. So they're kids. They're only nine years of age at the most. And they fuse in with, uh, as part of the millennial generation. But this alpha generation are very, very interesting because they will be conditioned to be gathered. They'll have certain qualities that allow them to be gathered uh, together into causes and things. They, there's some characteristics about the Alpha generation. They're the first generation on planet Earth to have the ability or capacity of global annihilation. This generation could now wipe out humanity. We've never really had that. We, we certainly could have seen huge parts of the world devastated, but now they have the capacity to self-annihilation. No wonder they've got no hope. They, they also, and another thing about this alpha generation that I want you to get is they, they will become digital captives. That means I'm a digital immigrant. You know what that is? An immigrant comes into a foreign world. I'm a digital immigrant. I have to get my grandchildren to teach me the language, the customs, everything about the digital world. So I'm a digital immigrant. The, uh, the millennials are digital natives. They're born with an iPhone in their hand. <laughs> and that's brilliant in some ways but the alpha generation will become digital captives. They will willingly go into captivity to uh, a digital controlled world. They don't care that your phone knows where you are, hears what you're saying. They don't care about uh, a mark uh, on your body, which will come soon, if, if it gives us safety and freedom and everything. They won't care about that. They don't care as long as they can take a selfie and put it up on social media and lie about what's really happening. <coughs> and so they'll become digital captives. I'm amazed. Anyway, that's another story. We haven't got time. But that's an important characteristic of the generation now growing up on planet Earth. I say, how could people become captive to a world system? Well, they love what it represents. Artificial intelligence digital freedom, etc., etc. It's all good, but they will end up... Third thing about this alpha generation, I want you to get why this is important in terms of God gathering a generation. They will worship creation more than the creator. They'll die for a cause called climate change and ignore the great commands of the creator about human life. How dumb can you get and still breathe? This is incredible, this generation. All of this leads, and I hope you'll get it, that they are gatherable. 
like never before. Now, another thing about, about this, this millennial alpha generation, they will be called the suicide generation. You watch mental health and suicide, it's out of control now. You watch it become an epidemic. Now, there's a reason for that. In Isaiah 60, I don't think they've got the scripture. In Isaiah 60, verse 1 and 2, it talks about this gathering season. It's promising the end of the age, God will do certain things. Isaiah 60, verse 1 says to the people of God, Arise, shine, your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And people will be gathered to the glory of God in your midst. Part of the gathering. But verse 2 says, And darkness shall cover the earth, and deep or gross darkness the people. And it's talking about a contrast between the two. The glory and the light of God that gathers people to the light, but also not only the darkness of sin, but it uses the term deep or gross darkness on the people. Gross darkness is a different kind of darkness. It's the darkness and wickedness of a devil that knows his time is short and he spews out such vile darkness on planet Earth. I mean, I've been around for a few years now, and when you were young, you couldn't imagine some of the things that are done uh, to humanity now. It's bizarre. It's wicked. And that kind of darkness will gather people to it also. But in doing that, we've got this contrast of gatherings happening between the two, but those that are gathered to wickedness, that you'll find that this alpha generation won't be able to handle what's happening on planet Earth, and they'll literally, suicide will go ballistic. Now, we've got to attract those people and bring them in, into the light and the love of God. They will be gatherable. There'll be many at the brink of that that, that literally will be looking, is there any hope left? And they'll be looking for you and I. They won't be looking for a performance in church. They'll be looking for the presence of God. They won't be looking for a Christian that chases wealth and wants a nice lifestyle. They'll be looking for people that carry the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Those days are done. This is a new day. It's a gathering day. They call them the Alpha Generation because they were... Uh, they will because they will be bombarded with new beginnings, literally new beginnings. Every in my generation, I probably saw half a dozen new things. Uh, years ago, I saw the first person land on the moon. Now they send dogs up there, or whatever else. Uh, I saw television begin. Can you believe I was born alive before television? Can you believe I was alive when phones were wind up on the wall and you picked it up and Mrs. So-and-so down the road's also on the line? I can't believe it. And so all of these new things, I saw about this generation now are going to be bombarded with new things every day and the future shock of that will literally cause people to fall apart. They can't handle it. Why is this important to you and I? Because we are the ones that are going to gather them in the God gathering. They're going to look for hope, look for life, etc. So let's come to Micah 4. Scripture here that talks about the last day gathering. I want this church to be a gathering church. 
Not every church will be. I want your house, your family, your life to be part of the God gathering that's happening on planet Earth. In Micah 4, verse 6 to 8, it says this. In that day, in the end of the, the times and seasons, in that day, says the Lord, I will assemble the lame. I will gather the outcast and those whom I have afflicted. I will make the lame a set-apart chosen remnant, and I'll make the outcast a strong nation. So the Lord will reign over them in Mount Zion from now on even forever. And you, O tower of the flock, the stronghold of the daughter of Zion, to you it shall come. Even the former or the first dominion shall come. This is pretty important. God's talking about gathering a whole lot of people into his house, into his church, and then he gives us a promise in how to handle the crowds and the gathering. He says, I'm going to bring you back to first dominion. You're going to have that light, that anointing, that power, that authority by which you can help me gather in a generation in the last days into the kingdom of God. I want to be a part of that. All right, God promises. Here's the things that he promises. In that day, the first one is, I will assemble the lame. Sounds good. How many of you know here today, we all have a limp? Don't look at the person next to you, but they have a limp. This is very important. We all have a limp. God's going to assemble the lame. God spoke to me about this in terms of gathering people. He said, you've got a limpometer, a limp measurement. We allow that limp into church, but that one, that lifestyle, that limp is too bizarre. It's outside our framework of reference. And God said, it's not up to you to judge the limp. We've all got a limp. You know, the incredible thing about that is the church... When we get born again, when we find Jesus, we're made a new creation, but we still have old attitudes. We still have a limp of our past. And church is, church is designed specifically to help people learn to walk righteously. And you don't learn that in a day. This is so important. If God's going to send into this church the lame and assemble them, they're going to come from everywhere because they see hope in the house. They find the love of God in you people. And there should not be one person pointing the finger, pushing away those with a limp. It should be the opposite. It should be that we're willing, and I don't know how long it takes. Some people's limp is pretty bad. Sometimes he ain't heavy. He's my brother. You have to say, hey, come on, put your arm around me. I'll help you walk for a while until you learn how to walk without a limp. Hear what I'm saying? I want you to be a gathering church. This church is not for performance. It's for the presence, the light of God, so the gathering can come here and find wholeness and help in this place. And some of you here will have limps. Some you hide and some you can't hide. Well, I want you to feel safe in this house. Doesn't mean we, doesn't mean we condone your limp. You know, a lot of churches are saying, oh, well, we've got to be kind and just embrace everyone's limp. No, no, 
church is to help you walk without a limp. You can come in any messed up way you want, but when you repent and give your life to Jesus, you become a new creation with a limp from your old man. And it's our job together in love, forbearing, carrying each other in love, to help everybody learn to walk without a limp. Don't you love church? Don't you love the person that just rubs you up the wrong way in love? I'll assemble the lame. The second one, I will gather the outcast. Have you ever felt like you're on the outer in life? <clears throat> just, you're not part of the inner circle. You know, you just try and sit on the front row and see how, see how far you get. Just go to a big conference, Christian conference, and try and get into the green room. You'll, you'll, there's not a one of us here that hasn't felt like an outcast. Here's the deal. When people are being gathered by God to church, our job is to make them feel loved and accepted in the house, just the way they are. I want you to be a gathering church. I want the boom to come. I want the explosion. God's gathering. He's sending people to churches that help him gather. And part of this is to make people feel accepted, no longer an outcast, no longer alienated. They may not be cool in all the spiritual things we do, but we are. So it's our job to embrace them, bring them in to the inner sanctum. The third one. I love this. I will make over the afflicted. God wants to give every person a makeover. I'll make over those that I, were, I was punishing. Because of your sin, I punished you. A lot of people come to church and they never get over their past. They need a makeover where God makes them over to be a loved, cherished, person of favor in God. Every time people come to church, yeah, that's why when you did that negative thing about Wednesday night, I felt so condemned. <laughs> Kidding. But the truth is, you can say anything two ways. You have to become makeover artists. So that when you see someone, you know they're an idiot. You know they're failing. You know they're messing up and messing around, whatever. Your job is to give them a makeover in Jesus' name. They should walk out of here feeling loved and cherished by God, not condemned by holy preaching and a, 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 a sense of righteousness that makes people feel unworthy. God says, I'm going to gather people into churches where you make them feel loved by the Lord. And you give them a makeover. I deserve and I, I've come into the favor and grace of God. Every time someone comes to church, they, they should walk out feeling like God's favorite. That's how I feel every day. In the mornings when I'm in my devotions, Many mornings I have to stop and say, please, Lord Jesus, just even if it's for a few seconds, think about the people in Ottawa just once. 
It's not all about me. And he, he says, yes, it is. You're my favorite. I believe it. And so should you. You're God's favorite. And if you believe that, you can help others feel that way. You can give them a makeover from condemnation and shame to grace and favor and blessing. That's what God wants to do. And so, what's the next one? I'll make it. I will reign over my people. I'm so glad that in the gathering season that we're now in, there's returning a a sense of love and desire and emphasis on the Word of God. Church is where we teach people how to live. And without the Word, all you've got is some fancy life principles. I love the fact that churches are coming back to teaching and learning the Word of the Lord. The Bible says that the anointing and a touch from God doesn't last. It wears off. It says a whole lot of stuff about a whole lot of things in life. They wear off. But it says the Word of the Lord endures forever. Forever. It's very important. And I love the fact that God is gathering people to word true churches. That doesn't mean you preach Old Testament and, you know, get... It means you're contemporary with a generation, but you know what the Word says, and you dare to believe it contrary to maybe contemporary cultures. The Word of the Lord stands true and endures under all generations. And then the next one, it says, and I will reign over my people. I love the fact that God has a rule of authority in church. Church is not a crowd of individuals. It's a fusion of people into a body where every member is dependent on the next. And we understand that interconnection and interdependence. And we know that I need you and you need me. And together we become strong in the Lord. And uh, together we become that awesome body under the reign and authority and rule of Jesus Christ. Then the last one, and this is the one, this is my message I want to get to. And it says, I will restore to you first dominion. First dominion. I don't know if you've heard this term before, but it's one of the most powerful things you'll ever really uh, embrace and get to understand. I will, in this gathering, because you're going to be overwhelmed because I'm going to bring in so many messed up people. You won't have time to do, you know, all the social programs. You'll need authority and power to break through. Get them on the track and set them free. And so God says, in that day, I'm going to restore to my people first dominion. Now, what is first dominion? If we, if we need it, what is it? Let's go back to the beginning. First dominion, Genesis 127. I love this. Genesis 127 says, So God created, there you are, man and woman were a new creation right there. And God created man in his own image. And in the, the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And then it says, 
Okay, there they are, created, new creation. And then it says, and then God blessed them. Something powerful happened right there. And God said to them, as he blessed them, he, he spoke over them their DNA as to how they're going to live under God on planet Earth. This is called First Dominion. And he spoke five things over them. He said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth with every good thing, subdue every opposition, and have dominion over all things that move and exist on planet Earth. And so God created male and female, brand new creation, but he knew he had to impart the kingdom, blessing, and authority on this couple so they could rule over the creation. And then God blessed all the animals, etc., because blessing recognizes blessing. He blessed the animals and creation so that they would be subservient and in obedience to the one he blessed with first dominion authority. Simple. Just worked. It was perfect. All Adam and Eve had to do uh, is walk around the garden and say, be fruitful to the animals. Multiply. It just happened. Because they were blessed to obey the blessed ones. This is God's plan for you and I. Sounds a bit Spiro, but it's Bible. And so the, the sad thing is that God gave man this ability to rule and reign under God as his rulers on planet Earth. But then stupid Eve. Oh, I get mad. But then Adam and Eve disobeyed God. We know the story. And uh, they fell into sin and lost their first dominion blessing. In, in Genesis 28 that we just read, be fruitful is your basic DNA. That's the first level. Every person here, it's in your life as basic DNA to be fruitful. If you're not being fruitful, something's wrong. You need to get into God and into Christ. That Be fruitful is your basic DNA. Multiply is, is unity that produces increase. How many of you know, Josh, that it takes two to tango? Why is this important? Because it takes unity in the church to see increase. Agreement, unity. That's the second level of this uh, first dominion. People coming together in church in unity, and their God commands the blessing. The third one is, he says, then fill the earth. Expansion. God was saying to Adam and Eve, listen, once you get a handle on this father's garden here, I want you to expand and fill the earth with a Garden of Eden franchise model, which is the church. I want you to fill the earth. So that's what we're trying to do. And God says, I'll bless it. Fill the earth with a, a franchise model called my blessed place, the house of God. The fourth one is, and subdue. Under the rule of authority, subdue everything that comes against you. And uh, then the final one is dominion, reign over all things. Now, the truth is this. Adam and Eve lost that, and life became pretty tough. 
and uh, humanity has deteriorated, degenerated away from first dominion. But God says before the end of time, see, Jesus will be the ultimate first dominion everything. But he's, he's going to, as he comes, that glory is going to cover the earth and his glory will cover the church. And we will see happening in our lives first dominion authority that help those he gathers come into right order and great will be the explosion of people rising up in power and victory and you need that in your life. It's brilliant. Now, quickly, I've got a few minutes. Now, Adam and Eve lost that first dominion authority. Stupid idiots. No, no, I get ticked off when I think about it. How easy would life have been with First Dominion authority? You tell your dog, heal, it would actually do it. Instead of running off down the street. You'd say to your wife, I better be careful here. Because this is Canada. I just tell my wife I love her, and she says, yes, my Lord, I love you too. <laughs> now I'm being silly. However, here comes Jesus on planet Earth, and he's going to usher in a whole new season on planet Earth, and he goes to his disciples and breathes on <laughs> Receive my Holy Spirit. And they became a new creation like Adam and Eve, just like that. But then he said, no, tarry now in Jerusalem until you be DNA'd with first dominion. Wait for the Holy Spirit to come, the Father's blessing. And so after seven weeks, 50 days, it says the Holy Spirit came and God blessed them and spoke over them the DNA blessing of First Dominion. You cannot live without the Holy Spirit. It's the DNA blessing of the Father so that you can have First Dominion in your family. I'm going to be blunt with you because I don't know any other way. If your marriage is failing, you've lost DNA. First Dominion. Don't blame your wife. Adam did that, and what a loser he was. <laughs> the woman made me do it. And I hear men all the time say, oh, the woman, she I say, you've lost your first dominion. When you lose first dominion, you blame everyone else. You become devil conscious. You, you become people conscious. You become a victim, but you have lost first dominion. Because if you get first dominion, the Holy Spirit, back on your life, you can speak into your world and it shall come to pass. That's what God wants for you. I hope I'm stirring some people up. You're just a loser because you've lost it. And it's so easy to get back. Just take time, wait on God until you feel the Father's blessing and He speaks it back into your life. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. 
subdue all things that go wrong and have dominion. Shivers. What an incredible way to live. That's what God wants for you. That's what he wants for this church. That's why I like this church. You have a focus on the Holy Spirit. You want the presence and power of God. And so the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, it's incredible, you know. The Holy Spirit came and was poured out in that upper room. I swear I can hear music. It's you. You are taking a risk. I want to tell you what happened on the day of Pentecost. This is important for you. Because I want you in on the game. I don't want you spectating in a gathering season. God wants you in the game. On the day of Pentecost, it was phenomenal. The sound of a rushing mighty wind and shook the place. But then it says, and on their head settled tongues of fire. They were actually crowns burning so powerfully, flaming so powerfully that all they could see was fire. But God crowned them with his blessing. Hear what I'm saying? Now, the funny thing is, the moment they were crowned with blessing, yeah, they spoke in other tongues, and that's another whole thing to talk about. But the first evidence of the Holy Spirit coming and bringing first dominion was a great crowd gathered. It's always the first evidence of the Holy Ghost on a group of people. Crowds gather. They got something. This alpha generation are desperate. They were at the millennials are desperate to find the reality of God. Now, this crown on their heads was a seven-point crown. Seven points on their head. How do I know that? Because it's right through Scripture. How many locks of hair did Samson have? Seven locks of hair. What happened when he lost his crown? Powerless, bald, bound, blind and boring now that's true of some of you bald, bound, blind and boring lost their first dominion crown and then you go and I'm nearly finished they keep changing the time on me this is important because I want you to walk out of here knowing how to put your crown on Because it's important. You can be a new creation without a crown. And you're always focused on, thank you, Jesus, for the cross. I thank God for Jesus on the cross, but I'm so thankful he rose again and uh, inherited many crowns. Crown. And he said, stay there. You'll know that I have been exalted to the right hand of the Father when I send you a crown of the Holy Spirit, you'll know it's all worked out. And so when the Holy Spirit came, they knew that Jesus was reigning and ruling, crowned in heaven. But in the book of Revelation, chapter 5 and verse 12, it says, this great king 
of, in glory, Jesus, it says all those around the throne bowed down before him and cast their crowns at his feet in worship, saying, worthy is the lamb to receive seven things that the crown represents. See, you can only bring to God in worship what he has given to you. Ask Cain, he tried to bring the work of his own hands. And so here they are in heaven, casting their seven-point crowns at his feet and saying, worthy is the lamb to receive. And this is what God has given in the anointing and first dominion for every one of you. The seven things on the crown. Worthy is the lamb to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessing. Everything you need in life is in the crown of blessing from the Father. That's what attracts this generation. That's what will heal a broken, hopeless generation, suiciding beyond count. They'll come to people that know, you see, I, pray, I have devotions every morning, and I pray in, pray in tongues, as they did back then. And all I'm doing when I'm praying in tongues, I'm allowing the Spirit to flow. I don't understand it. It's not for me to understand. But the Bible says if you pray in tongues, you build yourself up on your most holy faith. And so I see it when I pray in tongues. I'm getting stronger to put my crown on my head. And then I pray and I'm... I'm Asking the Holy Spirit every day, I say, which one of the seven do you want me to focus on today? Power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessing. I just oh, go for strength. Holy Spirit, okay, I'm going to pray strength into my friends, strength into the church, strength into my body, my family. And I put on the crown of first dominion authority. Then I go out and speak according to that which he's put on my life. Do you hear what I'm saying, church? Uh, this is such a powerful, powerful truth for you and your family. I'm praying that you will grow up, stand up, Dare to believe God for His first dominion. Blessing. Take the time. Get aside. Press into God until you feel God crowning you with His crown of every blessing. Come on, stand with me this morning. Father, thank you for this house, these people. I thank you that people are leaning in to the presence of God. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, right now, you're coming upon each one, mantling them. Uh, it's like God saying, it's going to be okay. Someone here, maybe more than one, maybe many, it's going to be okay. You haven't lost it. You've just ignored it for a while. And I love to bring my crown and cast it at the feet of Jesus. It's dented. It's tarnished. And in worship, I then pick it up and it's all bright and gleaming again. 
powerful. I pray, Holy Spirit, you'll crown people all over this place today for this season in their lives, in their family, in their businesses. Power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessing are yours by the anointing that Jesus has sent to crown you for such a time as this. Lift your hand to God this morning all over this place, if you want to. I just want you to say in your heart, God, I'm in for this. I, I just so want that crown of your anointing, that first dominion, so I can be a blessing to others in my world. I want you to gather people to me so that I can be a blessing to them in Jesus' name. Touch each one this morning. Let sickness go. Let healing flow. Let discouragement, disappointment go from this house here today because the Holy Spirit is here. There's another in the fire. There's another in the water. Right here today, standing with us, standing next to us. And Father, be everything to each one. You said you'll give us the desires of our hearts. Fill our hearts with godly desires for such a time as this. I'm asking you for a great anointing to settle on this house beyond what we've seen so far. In the name of Jesus and everybody said... We hope this message blessed and encouraged you. To find out more about our church, visit mychurchcanada.com.